So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name is Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. Welcome to Brian's Rompod. to Brian's Rompod for our dedicated listeners, a heartfelt thank you for your continued support and to those joining us for the first time, a warm welcome. I'm thrilled to have you on board for today's episode. As many of you, I'm always passionate about sharing the inspiring stories of ordinary individuals who've embraced running for various reasons. It's a belief of mine that these stories resonate deeply with those considering taking out running themselves Today, I'm excited to bring you an interview with someone truly special, Anna Cooper. I came across Anna through a unique connection. Her husband is our newly appointed vicar. Upon discovering Anna's avid interest in running, I couldn't resist the opportunity to have her share her journey on Brian's Rompod. So without further ado, let's extend a warm welcome to Anna as she joins us here on Brian's Rompod for the second time. <laughs> Welcome, Anna, and thank you, thank you very much for coming onto the onto the podcast for the second time. Because I know we did have a few sort of like technical issues last time, but thank you very much for coming on. Anyway, as I do with many of our guests, I'd like to start like at the beginning as to I think I asked you last time as to what was your experience of of running and exercise at school. Yes, and I think. That was the one where I felt most exposed, actually, answering that question, because the, the reality is my experience at school wasn't particularly great. I, I hated running. Mm. I used to dread cross-country. The fitness tests, I don't know if they still do those in school, the bleep tests. Yeah, I think they do. Literally would I make me feel do. nauseous beforehand. And I think part of that was as I, as I grew up, I became very self-conscious, young woman, and that I just sensed that you had to be a certain way and, and look a certain way, and I just hated running because I struggled with it. I, I wasn't fast. And mm. the implication was you only run if you're fast. You only run if you can win the race. You only run yeah. if, yeah. if yeah. you know, you're good at it. Yeah. There's no pleasure in running. So, yeah, I, I avoided running enormously. And even athletics, people are like, oh, it's just the 100 or it's just the 400. Just the thought filled me with dread. Having said that, I, I enjoyed team sports. I played hockey. I did gymnastics for a time. And I enjoyed those elements. But even then, when we did training, running was right up there as the, my most hated thing in training. I had a, a real kind of <laughs> dislike of it as, a, as a, an activity when I was a, a teenager. <laughs> did you, as a family, did you watch sport or did you watch sport yourself? Uh, not particularly. So my sister got into hockey first and then I followed her into it, really. Although my sister's younger, she was very good. And I think one one match, I have a really vivid memory of one of the players getting a, a ball to the jaw and having to come off and they're having oh, no. nobody to play. And so the coach literally said, get on the pitch, Anna, because you're the only person here old enough to be able to join the match. And I was terrible, obviously, had no idea what I was doing. But it kind of me think, oh, this, this could be quite fun. I might give it a go. So we would watch hockey as a family every now and again. My sister was very much into it. And obviously, we watched it watching my sister play. Yeah. But generally speaking, no, I'm not big sports watchers, not necessarily football or anything like that. Not like when the Olympics came around every four years. Did you 
Is that you kind of take it or leave it? That kind not of massively. Yeah, I think part, I wonder whether part of it is that we're hybrid in terms of nationality. So my father's Italian, my mum's Scottish, but we grew up in Belgium. And so I've often noticed amongst my peers and even my husband, when when these events happen, there is a form of kind of nostalgic nationalism, that sense of, oh, I'm really rooting for my country and my country, men and women who are taking on these sports. And I guess I just never really had that sense of identity, certainly not growing up. And so I didn't then necessarily have much interest in seeing any one country do better than another. <laughs> and because I didn't necessarily have a strong interest in sport generally, I didn't then watch for, for other reasons. I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but I don't know, Sort of going back on when we talked the last time, mm. I was just thinking that do you think nowadays it's moved on in a sort of encouraging girls to get into sport? I know you have boys and it's <laughs> a very different kettle of fish for boys, yeah. but do you think they still have the same anxieties like you had? That's a really good question. I think, yes, I think the anxieties are still there. I think they haven't gone. However, I think there are a significant greater number of female role models in sport I yeah. think of yeah um, yeah just thinking about the Olympics and, and the number of women that are reported on there's more um, yeah. Yeah. presence around mm. and, and reporting on women's football yeah I think being able to see yourself see other women competing and competing athletically and at their absolute peak, even after having children, right? I think all of these things go some way to changing those narratives that young young girls are growing up with. So although the anxiety is there, I think it's much easier to break past that because you've seen and you are looking at people who have done that. Whereas I think when I was younger, that was less so the case. Yes. Yeah. And especially with social media, and which is when it wasn't in our day. So now there is, like you said, although there's a lot of more role models, but again, at the same time, there's with social, things like social media. It has, it's, that's another discussion. Yes, <laughs> suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of adding to the anxiety as well as alleviating it. Although I do, and I was the, the other day watching a program about Ailish McCoughlin, who is a Scottish uh, middle distance runner. Mm-hmm. Mother was a very famous distance runner, was very successful, and she she was a world champion at 10,000 metres or whatever. And even her, when she was at university, she did an accountancy degree and or something, and even at school, she wasn't in like massively, even though her mum was, but she did her own thing at uni. And, and I remember her mum just listening to the, on the programme and her mum was saying she had to bite her lip a few times. Yeah. And then that was, a, and then it wasn't until later that she came into athletics. But it's interesting, even people who have, a pedigree yep. of successful parents in this field. Even then, they don't necessarily follow the line until maybe later they discover it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you find your own path there, don't you? Yeah. Your own journey yeah. to yeah. to the sport and the rhythm that, that suits you. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to as to how we transitioned from Anna at school to mm. Anna the runner yeah so, so how did that happen it took a long time it took a long time <laughs> yeah I'll be honest I didn't start running till my 30s so I had my children my first in my late 20s and then my second early 30s and to be honest before then I hadn't even 
considered running as something that I want to commit to or invest in. I'd go to the gym, I'd do classes, I'd even run on the treadmill, although that was often just a bit of cardio before doing other stuff. But when time is really tight and when we just had our children, we didn't have a massive budget. I couldn't, I didn't want to be spending money on a gym that I wasn't going to. And mm. so running felt like a good alternative, particularly because I didn't have to run very far or very fast. I could do it in my own time. And it just gave me some space. I could be outside, I could breathe and I could just switch off. And so I think that was what drew me to it to start with. A couple of people saying, oh, why don't you try that? And I thought, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. I will just give it a go and see. And did you, was it just a case of putting on the trainers and then just going out the door because obviously you've got your gym kit. Yeah. Um, but you, did you not follow a, a programme at all? Or So what's interesting is after we spoke, I, I actually remembered that my very first attempt was a disaster. Mm. When I say disaster, complete disaster, I got to the end of the road and thought, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. This is too hard. Walked back home and was really quite despondent. I was like, what have I done? This is, I'll do this. And... Then, thankfully, by by this point, social media does exist. And I decided to go online to see whether there was something I could do. And that's when I discovered the Couch to 5K. And so that felt achievable. That was goal-orientated. I could do it in my own time. And it, it wasn't just an expectation that I would just walk out the door and be able to run. I think it's developed and been modelled for people who have never run before. And it, and it was amazing for me. And it took me a long time to complete that 5k. And I restarted it a few times. And some weeks, the three runs that you're supposed to do in that week would take me six weeks to, to complete. But I persevered. And it, it's just one of those things I could keep coming back to. And I could keep committing to yes yeah, so for me that was huge the the catch to 5k as a way of getting started because I had nothing to fall back on so I know a lot of people they sometimes run before children or they ran as a, a teenager or they used to do cross country and and it sounds a bit bizarre but as someone who had never really run before and suddenly not outside it felt so alien physically and it just might I I felt so out of breath. <laughs> all all I was yeah. thinking of I'd be that person running down the street going, just get to the lamppost, just get to the lamppost. And I'd get to the lamppost and be like, to the next lamp. <laughs> yeah. The lamppost yeah. were only like what a couple of feet apart. I wasn't really going yeah. very far. <laughs> were there things you started to learn about yourself when you started running? So were they I don't know how you felt? It's now getting easier or even from a mental thing, willpower, that kind of thing. Yeah. So interestingly, I think physically it didn't get easier for a while. It really, and also we're talking postnatally as well. So my body had changed quite significantly anyway, since having children. And so physically, I didn't really see the, the, the benefits in terms of what others might be talking about toning and feeling healthier, mm. but mentally it was transformational in terms of that headspace and although for, for a while at the beginning I spent most of my run thinking about the run even that was a distraction it's it, it took me out of the chaos of nappies and sleepless nights and things so even though that sounds crazy that I would want that it, it forced my mind to concentrate on something else and I wasn't distracted by my to-do list or the myriad of things that I'd have to do when I got home and that was really good for me and then the other thing was I discovered that I'm a lot more disciplined than I thought I was. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's... And, and for me, that was huge. 
to, to be disciplined, to go, to run, to commit to even doing that kind of couch to 5K session that week. It, in, in many ways, and this is going to sound a bit odd, but it's really changed my approach. and it, it even changed my work life in terms of just that discipline to do it and go and be like, actually, you know what? I, I did that and I've achieved that and I'm still achieving and there's still more goals and things that I want to achieve. And I'd not really had that in any other in any other oh, thing that right. I was doing. To have something I'm surprised that, he had the energy to do it even when your kids were so young and they were, apparently they didn't sleep, sleep that well. No, so I'm um, surprised you had the energy to But I think you're on, I don't know if you know any of your other listeners have had young children and yeah. had sleepless nights. You move into kind of a survival mode and actually those times when you're on your own at the supermarket <laughs> or, yeah, or you yeah. know, moving between tasks where you don't necessarily have a young child, you know, strapped to you or needing you, it is so important to your mental health and well-being. Mm. And then the added, you know, benefit of, to be clear, I think, I, but at that point we, we, it was barely jogging, but it was moving. It was moving with purpose. <laughs> mm. And I went out and I found the energy to do those things because it, it made me feel better. And mentally, it made me feel better. And I felt like I was more able to cope with the lack of sleep and the the chaos of those early months. Yeah. Sort of self-perpetuating. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. It just gave you, you yeah. being fitter meant that you could. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it gave me energy. And I think anyone who runs regularly would probably say the same, that you feel tired after the run, but actually the buzz and the energy that you get from running, I feel better in myself for the days that follow. Let's take a quick break. Just a short break to tell you about some exciting news. We have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Now back to the podcast. So you started the couch to 5k, maybe took you a few goes yep. <laughs> to to try and do it. So I know we the last time we talked, you, you did say that there, there was a kind of a like a breakthrough point. So where explain talk explain about that. Yeah. What happened? So I think one, achieving that 5k was phenomenal. That it mm. felt amazing. And just the achievement level for me as someone who had really struggled to run for so long, that was huge. And then 5K became a bit of a block because it then became like this, I have to always run a 5K now. And I didn't really know how to push past it. The Couch 5K is brilliant as, as a model to get you running, but I, I didn't really know what to do after that. I'd run my 5K I tried to get a bit faster and I thought yeah. that was my next goal. I would just run a quicker 5K, but that wasn't really happening either because some days... Were you using the same route? Or... Yeah, so I often oh, used okay. the same route. Okay. Um, I, I tried to break it up a bit, but part of my kind of my running... Yeah, part of my kind of running headspace is having a route that I'm really familiar with so that I don't have to think about it. So I, I quite like having familiarity so that I know the points at which I'm going to turn around or, and I might deviate from that every now and again, but, but I like that kind of core because then I can switch off and I can 
yeah. process and do, yeah. do do what I need to do kind of thing. Um, so for, for a long time, I just stuck at that 5K, not really knowing where to go with it. And I did, I joined a running group briefly whilst we were living in Beckenham. And there someone talked about kind of intervals, having faster sprints, doing shorter runs. And I think that's when I became more aware of actually in order to extend a run or change how you run, you don't just keep doing the same thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, again, if you don't run, you don't know that. And it hadn't even occurred to me to go on social media and see what other people were saying because I was enjoying my 5Ks. And it was more of the, one of those sort of, oh, I'm wondering why this is not really changing but okay I'll just keep at it you didn't think that having that variability might make it more interesting no it's interesting isn't it but you were quite happy tootling along and obviously I still had young children so to some extent I maybe didn't have the the, the brain power to necessarily sit down and commit to improving my running because I was just enjoying it for what it was Mm. but I also had a friend uh, a really good friend who runs and her name was Jenny and I remember there were a couple of times where I stalled because I, I just didn't feel like doing the 5K. And so I was like, well, I don't do anything then. And she basically said to me, actually, go out anyway. It's more important when you're running just to to be consistent. If you don't want to run far, then just run 2K. Just do yeah. a kilometre and a half. And actually, that was a real turning point for me in my running because actually that's when I started running further, weirdly. The combination of up a little bit and doing kind of intervals not feeling like a 5k every time I went for a run freeing myself from this weird mindset that I'd placed on myself and just yeah doing a shorter run but maybe faster so I tried to do 2k but really whittle down my time and then over time I was suddenly running thinking oh I could yeah maybe I could do 6k this week and Maybe I could try six and a half. And I, you know, <laughs> and I just push things that, that little bit further because I wasn't so fixated on that one distance. Moving on to today, what's your current, as the Americans say, your regime? Yeah. I try to, and the, the operative word is try, because obviously there's often things that pop up and times of year get busier than others. But generally I try to run two to three times a week. Right. And I'll run between five to six K. And then depending, sometimes if I haven't been able to do the runs in the week, I'll do a weekend run. And generally because I'm less time bound, I run further. I don't plan to. Um, I'll plan to do six or seven K, but I might end up doing eight oh, and, and surprising myself, which is nice. But I tend to have a kind of a clearer morning so that I'm not yeah. you know, rushing back. Because I remember you else. saying that after yeah. we talked, you did eight, five miles. Or yeah, I did eight, eight and a half kilometres and it yeah. felt great. Like, I think also the temperature had just slightly dropped and it was drizzling, which yeah. for me is like optimum running <laughs> yeah. temperature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so that's what I tried to do. And then I also introduced Pilates this since September because I was getting a pain in my hip every time I ran mm-hmm. and thought I'd look into sort of ways that I might be able to alleviate that and, and uh, right. support that. And Pilates came up as a really good way of okay. managing the, the muscles and strengthening the muscles around the, the hip as well as the hip itself. And that's been really great. And I hadn't mm-hmm. thought to do that before, but there was a local class and I thought I'll give it a go. All right. So are you doing that during the day in the church? Or? Yes. So I yeah. do that once a week. Um, right. And okay. then run either side of it generally and then try and get a weekend run in as well. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You found exploring the Pilates because I have interviewed a Pilates teacher who does, I think, the evening classes, Lucy oh, okay. Tomlins. And I was just interested that how did you feel the benefits of doing the Pilates kind of straight away or was it something that, because I know you have to be quite connected 
<laughs> really think about what you're doing when you're doing Pilates, don't yes. you? Yeah. And then maybe it might take a few weeks to. Yeah, it definitely takes time. It's not something. Well, not something I found overnight. Was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. But yeah. now that I've been doing exactly. it, a day, yeah. I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. this isn't. So actually, I would probably say in the last couple of weeks, I've seen the benefits the most. So my my hip hurts a lot less when I run. And it had, pain hasn't gone completely, but it's definitely improving. And I'm sensing kind of overall core strength is better. Mm. And all the things that just keep everything in place right, just make you feel stronger. Yeah. Or better mm. than before. Because I think that's the only thing with with running is that it's, high impact but obviously in terms of your arms don't necessarily get much stronger when you're running and your core not necessarily although it can have an impact mm. but i think the combination of pilates and running has been really good yeah because i think the one of the things is that maybe people don't focus on so much is that strength or that core stuff definitely and how that has such a benefit to to someone's running rather than i'm just as guilty as anyone just not just going out running and then and neglecting that side of your fitness yeah and even just the breathing element of pilates obviously oh, just yeah. that controlled breathing it's a it surprise me but even that has an impact on my running and if i'm starting to feel really tired just trying to manage my breathing whilst running has been really interesting mm, and just watching that just trying different things and seeing if that helps to lower my heart rate a little bit and mm. yeah it's, it's yes good yeah, it's good <laughs> I know we touched on, well, touched on the mental health, but also the fact that you're a Christian. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's something that going out running, apart from, from the health aspects mm-hmm. and well-being, does, do, you, what other, do you feel are there any other benefits there? So being outside, that kind of thing. Yes, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's just connecting all the dots in some ways, isn't it? Yeah. It's just being really present. You're really in the moment when I'm certainly really in the moment when I'm running and right. it's that space to just be and mm. just allowing your body to do what it's doing, to not overthink it, not over-concentrate and just have that time just to breathe and to pray and to process. Yeah. I will often run if things have got quite stressful at work and I'll maybe do an impromptu run later in the day that I maybe yeah. hadn't planned to do just because psychologically and, and physically you've got the endorphins and the benefits, but actually also mentally it just gives me that time to process and to pray through things, to reframe and find that perspective again and maybe not send the email that I had drafted and come back and go, you know what, well, actually that's not what I meant and just... yeah. Just going away from something and yeah, then coming back 100%. and then, you know, a lot of you know, people yeah, exactly. Well, go for a walk or, yeah, yeah. but for me, I think going for a run, it switches other things off. It, yeah. it hones the focus a little bit more. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand because I know you're not great at listening to music. Because I know you said you <laughs> you do tend to listen to, which is a bit the opposite to me. So it's not like listening to music. They you, you listen to the audiobooks and the podcasts. Yeah, but you can you just do you if you are trying to think of or sort things out or yeah. like you say pray or or do you maybe put a stop to whatever you're listening to or do you think those two things can go in on, on at the same time or this is going to sound really odd and i suspect not everyone will agree with me but actually i am um, i will sometimes put something on that's inane so, oh right so, yeah you know, that doesn't yeah. matter if i switch off and miss 10 minutes of it the thing 
for whatever reason, music just doesn't do that for me. I think I get really absorbed in music in a way that I, I don't switch off properly. Whereas if I listen to a podcast and they're really familiar voices, that's really comfortable. Yeah. And so that often then just allows my mind to wander a little bit. And that's the time when I think I process and I pray and I think through things because when I let my mind wander, that's when I can get to the crux of what's really bothering me. I think if I try to proactively sometimes sit down and go, why am I, why is this upsetting me so much? And I try to break it down. I can be there for a long time trying to unpack it. Yeah. And so sometimes allowing my body to take over the run, to just be distracted by some voices, sometimes that's the light bulb moment for me when I can go, oh, yeah, maybe it's that. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. That's the niggle. That's the thorny thing that I need to unpack and that's where I maybe need to go back and then do X, Y, and Z to resolve it. And I don't know whether it's maybe I am, I'm an extrovert and I, I have introvert moments, but it's taken me a long time to be comfortable with silence. I'm not a massive fan of silence. Oh, are you? Um, All right. But do you, do you like your own company though? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. mind my own company. And actually yeah. I don't mind silence when with others. Right. Yeah. So I'm actually very happy to sit in silence with someone. I'm very comfortable with that. It's when there's that silence and an emptiness in silence and I feel disconnected. <laughs> yeah. And so I think particularly when I was younger, I would used to always try and fill the silence. So I think it's probably just habit. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But not nerves. No, no it's just no. habit. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I, like I said, if, if I'm in company with someone, then it's yeah. a very safe silence. It's just, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, I quite like chatter. I like, yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> do you have any kind of routines that you do before you run or you just go straight straight out of the door do you stretch so i do stretches kind of... nothing too intense but um especially as it gets colder i tend yeah. to do a little bit beforehand because otherwise i get outside and i'm like ah <laughs> yeah 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 you don't want to risk injury and no, exactly thing. and what I'll, I'll do is that on the days that i know run i will get in my running kit Mm. at the start of the day even if I don't quite know when I'm going to go I'm like no today I'm going to run I'm going to fit it in mm. and then sometimes I, there's an opportunity and I just think I'm going to go and I'll get into my kit do some stretching and go I try not to overthink it too much part of that is because time and if I overthink it I don't get out the door <laughs> or some other stuff comes up or an email comes in and I feel like I need to answer it there and then so I think once psychologically I'm prepped to go once my mind's on board, I do everything in my power not to let anything right. <laughs> interrupt yeah. the trajectory of, of getting out the door, really. So, can you see, although you can you see yourself increasing the frequency of your runs, or what you think it's just at the moment because of your situation? Because I know you've recently moved to the area yeah. and that kind of thing. So, do you think it's you're quite happy with the frequency and doing the Pilates and then the two yeah. weekly two two weekly runs? At the moment, that works. I certainly wouldn't rule out running more often. And yeah. then my, my friend who's who really challenged me about getting out the door, even if I don't feel like it and not fixating on a distance, her name's Jenny. And I often touch base with her about running because she's an avid runner and also 
like me in that she I hope she'll be listening. Oh, hopefully. Yes, I did tell her about it. Like, oh, you should take, take a listen. Yeah. She's been great. And actually having that accountability in someone else. I mean, I know that she committed to running every day for a while and has really All seen right. benefits from that. And so it's tempting to give something a go and think, oh, so I, I do that quite a lot. So Jenny will be like, oh, I've done this. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should try that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she probably doesn't know that. She should probably listen and be like, I explained that yeah but it's great because actually i do follow a couple of people on on social media who who run and things like that but actually i think it's the people that you're friends with often it's the people around you that kind of encourage you to get out there and go for yeah. a run or tell you about what they've done and you think oh i might give that a go but for the moment it's just fitting in yeah okay but, but yeah, i wouldn't rule it out it may be next year but i'm yeah. like oh i've done it i did it every day for this yeah. or because i know uh, again when we last talked you thought maybe a goal might be to do a half marathon and i yeah. sort of talked about the cabbage patch which is a local run here which is a 10 mile so which um, i am really tempted actually and after we chatted i said to simon my husband and was like oh apparently this is 10 mile run and i genuinely think that's something i could work towards definitely um, definitely so, and it's and quite it is, flat yes i know you said that and i thought that, yeah. that appeals <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, i think after i did my eight and a half k i thought oh yeah. you know what actually it's not beyond the realms of the possible to aim for something like that and mm. i think it's just that commitment and consistency isn't it yeah of maybe find, finding a running plan that can i can work towards and yeah. explore different ways of extending my runs step by step but yeah mm. no i am um, i will be looking into that <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Brilliant, brilliant. Do you, you said your friend Jenny, is she your role model to a certain extent? Yeah, she's my role model and accountability. I think, like I said before, it, it just really helps to have someone who gets it and who also enjoys running, but also has tough runs as well. And, and you can have that coffee and talk about it. And yeah, I think certainly my my running improved considerably whilst we lived in South East London and some of that's no, in no small part because we would talk about it and we would talk about what we'd been achieving and that's, what we were trying and I think someone who shows an interest in your running journey is, mm. is a real encouragement as well yeah I'm really grateful to her for that as well. Do you think that's what advice would you give to let's say someone who is starting on this mm. running journey do you think that's one of the things that they that would help or encourage them to... A hundred percent. I have to admit, when I first started running, I didn't really tell anyone apart from Simon because obviously he was seeing me go out for a run. Yeah. And part of that was embarrassment and, and fear that I wouldn't be able to. I had a lot of blocks on, on whether I'd even be able to achieve it. And even when I did the 5K, five couch to 5K, I didn't really tell anyone because, again, what if I didn't achieve it? And actually, I would advise anyone to ignore what I did because actually... The running community, the people around you are so generous and so encouraging. Like everyone I've met who runs is so passionate about the benefits of running yeah. that they're generally going to cheerlead you in that and be like, run a, one kilometer, run two kilometers. That's amazing because yeah. everything you you do will be working towards continuing. The idea is once, once you get started yeah. and the truth is it's hard. You know, yes. You start. It's yeah. it's really hard. It's yeah. hard to get out there. It's it's yeah. hard to keep going. I'll be honest. I I felt really bad at running for ages. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, do you think that? Because I don't know. I was looking at my Strava stats, <laughs> and this time last year, I think I didn't run for three weeks. 
And I think maybe this is a thing that I do every year. So I just <laughs> December is self-indulgent and, and whatever. But then you feel that you can always come back to it and that you don't feel guilty that mm-hmm. you've taken a break. So Definitely. I think once you learn that, once you realise that actually you're not in competition with anybody, this is not a competitive sport. This is this is about you just getting comfortable and getting better. And I think once you work on that discipline and just find your feet in that, you just reap the benefits physically, socially, psychologically. It's just so good for you. And like, if I was talking to myself 10 years ago, I'd, I'd genuinely just say keep going. It, it gets easier and that it's okay to find it hard. I think sometimes there's this sense, and especially talking going back to social media, there's a sense of, and there's a lot of people there that are like, oh, if you just do these things, you'll, you'll find it really easy. And actually it's find those people who are saying, this is really hard, but let's do this together because they're your people. Yeah. <laughs> they're the people who will be really honest. They're the people that, even if it's just for that season, just help you get into running, but don't give up. Okay. Okay. And do you have on the sort of running attire, mm. do you... In terms of shoes, do you have a particular brand that you want? So I run an Asics yeah. uh, and I really like them. I have to admit, I haven't tried lots of different trainers. Yeah. I think I found a pair that I really liked and I'm yeah. comfortable, so I haven't right. ventured out beyond that. Mm. Also scares me a little bit when you <laughs> start looking at all the options. I just yeah, I know. Just... So any other running tech that you tend to... No, I mean, you... no, to be honest, it's just headphones and a good app, a good running app that captures, calculates, does what you need it to do and good trainers. Yeah. And that's it, really. And have you had any kind of major, oh, yeah, I suppose you have briefly touched on it. It's like the injury to the hip. Have you had any yeah. other injuries? Nothing. Yeah. Been, knees was... have been okay. Yeah, my knees all right, actually, but I managed to, sp- to sprain my foot, which was frustrating because it was my own fault. I had obviously put my shoe on badly. Oh, and it okay. Was, and I didn't know that was a thing. So I thought, oh, maybe <laughs> it's just a bit uncomfortable. And I couldn't, I could barely walk on it the days that followed. And then it took me about three or four weeks to be able to run again. And I was just kicking myself because if I just stopped when I felt the pain, right, I would have spared myself. <laughs> <laughs> so the, my only other advice is listen to your body if yeah. you start and you think i'm really not feeling it and you push on for a little bit and you're really not feeling it go yeah. home <laughs> you can always try again tomorrow yeah. uh okay, okay now the i know so you said you're half italian so have you run in italy i have yes yeah, so... i know and what was that like <laughs> Because, oh. Um, it, oh dear. Okay. Yeah, so we tend to go every summer to see family oh, okay. and catch up yeah. and we drink lovely wine and eat lots of delicious food. And so I take my running kit with me. One, because again, it just gives me that space to go off in the morning and I just go for a run. I have to go quite early. But even yeah. then, by that yeah. point, you know. Because it's, it's cooler already, around. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's already kind of 25, 25 degrees, even at kind of 6 a.m. So you're, mm. yeah, it's it's hot. So I run much slower, but I, I wouldn't change it. I still really enjoy going. I tend to go running and take my running gear if I, yeah, if I'm going away for any length of time, just because I quite mapping out little routes and yeah. even just going for a couple of short runs. It tends to be more motivating if you yeah, choose things absolutely. different. Things. Yes, and also yeah. I think if you're somewhere really beautiful, 
Oh, yeah. I, I you know, did a couple of work trips to Geneva and did a run whilst I was there and running around late. Oh, wow. You have those moments where you think, you know, this is a good way of seeing the city. As long as you know change. how to get back to... Uh, yes, yeah. thank goodness for Google Maps, right? I think yeah. it's much harder to get lost now, thankfully. I did ask you, what was your favourite meal? I don't know if you said pasta last time. I said there, pasta, yeah. There was yeah, no specifics, largely because I just love pasta. Yeah. And in any form or shape with any <laughs> topping, whereas bolognese or seafood or... Um, usually when we go on holiday i tend to have a lot of uh, clams I, uh, fresh pasta freshly made pasta with lots oh yeah of fresh can't seafood. Be that. i'm just perfection yeah. <laughs> and uh, do, the, the time of day are you better in the morning or can any time of day it doesn't really matter when you go out running better in the morning which yeah. is really interesting because i'm not a morning person and actually running in the morning improves my morning yeah it uh, makes me more alert and i fare better during the day i sleep better at night but yeah. i definitely prefer in the morning i get a bit more sluggish by the afternoon and i'm more likely to put it off as well okay okay i think that's pretty much it <laughs> and this is going to be our christmas episode by the way so this is coming out on the 24th of december so any anything you'd like santa to bring you running wise or you haven't that's a really good question you know what's really <laughs> funny is I've actually asked for pottery classes okay. <laughs> for All Christmas, right. which are totally not running related. But I, my family are great. So I think once I started getting into running, okay. uh, they've also been real encouragers. And so most of my running kit yeah. have, have come from my mum and my sister in particular, which she sometimes works out in the, the States and she'll buy really nice. Oh, your sister? My sister will sometimes oh, right. uh, have, have kind of work trips out there and she'll, she'll go pick up some really nice Under Armour yeah kit and okay. things like that so, so i would say 90 percent of my running wardrobe has been gifted over christmas holidays and various oh, other right. things so. okay. is she keen runner or and no actually she's not she's at not, all which she... is makes it even more amazing really that she's a real really cheerleads my running which is great oh. and vice versa right? where she when she can she does try to go out too but oh great okay Great. Okay. Thank you very much for agreeing to do it the second time. Oh, I'm pretty sure that it, it <laughs> the tech has behaved itself. And but unfortunately, a big drawback of this episode is we don't have a cat. We don't. Um, <laughs> he's currently sat on my windowsill. I think she was watching the Sainsbury's Delivery Man earlier. <laughs> oh, is she? So what's the name yeah. of the cat again? Is it Cleo? Cleo. Cleo. Is Cleo. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I tell you, if I told that. Our girls that, or especially Anna, that say we were going to have a cat here, she would have been here like a shot. So, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, all the best and Thank Merry you. Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Run Pod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube, so whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Ron Pod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like 
And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website, www.brianesrompod.co.uk. And there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. Thank you.